There we go. Are you well? Cool. Three of you. That's good. That's, that's encouraging. Very good. <laughs> it's good to be uh, back in church. So if, we've got some visitors here today. Can we welcome our visitors firstly? That's important. Give them a hand and welcome them. And uh, I'm kind of a visitor too, I guess. Uh, it's been a month since I've been able to be here. We took a couple of weeks of holiday and then we took a couple of weeks of um, holiday. <laughs> Stuck in home. But we're all fit and healthy. We could have been here last Sunday, but most of you got messages from me that are part of our church. And we just felt out of an abundance of caution after being um, tested positive for COVID. We took another week beyond what they ask you to do uh, just to do the right thing. And, you know, so we're all good now. We're, we're clear. Everyone's good. And you're all good. And uh, uh, let you know, we do have um, the Queensland government has put an indoor mask mandate in place. We have masks available at the door should you want one. Uh, if you're not wearing one, uh, that's okay. We're not going to be in the position of questioning why you're not wearing a mask. We are just going to trust that you have an exemption or um, whatever's going on in your world. Uh, so that's what's happening there. Uh, but people that do have masks on, we love you too. So everyone's welcome here. And uh, they won't be judged. And uh, let's just follow what the government asks us to do if we are able to. That would be a good thing. Uh, the other thing is, is that indoor venues, there's a bit of blur area here and I've been trying to find the actual answer, but for indoor seated theatre type places, once you're seated, you can actually take your mask off in them. It's blurred as to whether the church applies to that. Some churches are putting that in place, some aren't. All I'm saying is, is if you're able to wear a mask, wear one. If you don't, you won't get questioned. Everyone's good? Cool. That's, that's it. We'll move on from there. Uh, and I'm not going to say that every week because that'll get boring. So I've said it today. Can you just remember and let everyone else know? That'll be good. Thanks. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, we've got a few away today. Perhaps they're tuning in online and I know there's a bit more of an awareness of, of what's going on and viruses getting shared and stuff. But it's all good. We're, you're here and you're ready for a good morning. So if we can have my PowerPoint up, that would be awesome. Nate, doing a good job today. And uh, if you're able to give today... Uh, our church regular folk, most of you give online. If you're visiting, there's uh, never a compulsion on our visitors. We don't harp on the giving. It's just something that our church does to honour God in our finances. And if you want the details, they're up there. Those details are also available on the giving box. It's at the back of the room. So we don't pass buckets around in church anymore. Uh, but if you want to give today, you can do that using our, our box at the back. Uh, and those bank details and things, if you want to take a photo of that or it's on the back of the box as well, which is at the back of the room there. That would be great. Uh, we are launching today, some of you would have got a text message from me, 21 days of prayer. And I think prayer is powerful. The prayer of the righteous availeth much, the Bible tells us. And so we're going to launch 2022. I know we're sort of in a bit, but I haven't been here, so we're starting now. Uh, 21 days of prayer. Now here's how it's going to work. Uh, I've printed out these sheets that are available if you want to go analogue uh, and, and have a paper copy, it's on our information table out in the foyer and you can grab one of these as you leave today. And every day, whenever you pray, pray, it's not at a specific time on that day, you just make sure you pray that day at a time that works for you. And uh, there's a topic each day of the things we want to pray into as a church. And so I'd encourage you to grab one of these to follow. Now, if you are more electronic and you're on the Book of Faces, Facebook, um, like our Vineyard Christian Church page 
And every morning, so this morning at 7 o'clock, uh, today's topic was posted. And at 7 a.m. every morning, it will be posted there as well. So if you don't need one of these and you want to do it that way, you can do it that way. Is that cool? And so we're going to pray every day, focus prayer on a given topic. And today's topic, uh, and we're going to do it together because we're here, so let's do it now. And you can do it again later yourself at home if you want to. Uh, but we're going to pray for our nation, leadership, and government. How many of you know they all need help? <laughs> who would be, no, seriously, though, who would be a politician right now? It's such a shocking environment. But the Bible encourages us to pray for our leaders, whether we agree with them or not. Uh, the, the Church of Christ needs to honour the office. Uh, again, you may not agree, you may not like them, you might be even angry at them, but you know what? Pray for them and that might help you with your anger because uh, I know that's what helps me when I'm feeling a bit, I pray for someone and I'm like, oh God, so sorry <laughs> for being like that. So we're going to pray uh, for our nation, our leadership and our government. Uh, so would you bow your heads and let's pray. So, Father God, you know the state of the world because there's no surprises for you. Uh, Lord, we believe that leadership comes and goes under your authority. And so we pray for our leaders today, our national leaders, our state leaders, our local council leaders, people that make decisions at this time. We just ask, Father God, that you would give them wisdom, that you would turn their hearts to you, those of the that them that don't know you, I pray that you just infiltrate their life and come into their heart and give them a revelation of yourself and of Jesus. We just pray, Father God, that you would help them as they make critical choices and decisions that impact our nation. Lord, we just pray for favour on them. We pray for blessing on them. Father God, we pray for your presence to surround them. Lord, every time they gather and every time they meet, May they be reminded that you are our authority and, God, that you rule and reign in the heavens and on this earth. And we just pray, Father God, for you to touch them, minister to them and provide for them in every way. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So that's how simple it can be. You, you might be the kind of person that locks yourself in a closet for two hours and prays. Well, please don't change on us. Go do that. Um, I get a bit claustrophobic. I get a bit claustrophobic in the cupboard, so I don't do that. Uh, but however you pray, however you gather with your family at home, whatever you do, every day there'll be a topic and we'd love you to pray and uh, join us in this 21-day journey. Is that okay? Yeah. Cool. Two people are happy. So we have a Vision Sunday coming up. This is exciting. I've been wanting to show our church for so long what our next step is in regards to facilities on this property. This is the day. So 6th of February. Make sure you're here because it's going to be an exciting day where we get to share with you finally where we're heading, what the direction is, what it even looks like. Who's excited? Cool. Two people. That's nice. It's so encouraging today. Was like... Oh, I'm, really, I'm falling off the step. No, I'm good. I'm good. So uh, come on that day and we'll show you pictures. We've even got a little video walkthrough animated thing. It's pretty cool. And uh, we'll have pictures up in the foyer. And we're just excited about what's ahead. I just feel like it's time for us as a church to build again and believe for breakthrough because that's our theme for this year, in case you hadn't caught on yet. Breakthrough in 2022. And so we're going to be believing for breakthrough in your lives personally, 
Because when it happens there, it happens to the church, it's overflow into the community. We're just going to believe for breakthrough. More people than ever to come to know who Jesus is, to know them as their Lord and Saviour. We're excited about that. You know, the world is doom and gloom and everything's shutting and everything's bad and, and stay away from each other and don't gather and, and, you know, and I'm not knocking people that aren't here today. Like, oh, normally we're quite full, but, but the deal is, is that Jesus is on the throne and we trust him and if people are a bit cautious about their health, that's why we do online, so they can still tune in at home and still feel safe and, and be part of us so we don't forget you online. Hello, good morning, and uh, you're welcome to join us in that way as well throughout this season. But 6th of February, honestly, it's a day you're going to want to be in the house if you can. So that would be cool. Uh, you can um, connect with us on our website. So if you're new and uh, you want to connect with us, it's very simple to do on our website. It looks like this on a tablet or a computer and you click on I'm new um, or on your phone, it looks like that and you click on I'm new and it takes you just to a simple electronic um, connect card we just ask for your name, your mobile, and your email, and we don't sell it to anybody. Uh, we keep it just to communicate with you. Uh, we don't share your details with anyone. But if you want to connect with us, if you want to be part of the church group text list, that's the best way to connect with us, and I'll add you to our text list so that you know what's going on. Now, normally I'd have notes up for the message, but it's PJ's first Sunday back, and I haven't put the notes up. Oh, is there grace? Oh, you, you're unsure again. You're like... A bit of wavering, you know, first Sunday back. So normally we'd have notes up there for you to follow along with, but it's all good. You still love me. Let's have a look at this video. more peace for you in 2022 that's how we finished last year and uh, we're believing for that that in the midst of change and uncertainty that we would find peace in Jesus this will always be a church that fixes its eyes on Christ so if you're visiting today and you're looking for a spiritual home he's our foundation he's our cornerstone everything that we do flows from our relationship with him and peace comes from him because he's the prince of peace and uh Breakthrough in 2022. That's what we're believing for, for each and every one of you, for our church. We're going to do 
what in the natural seems impossible. Remember, many of you were on the journey with us before we even had our kids building down here. And we cast the vision and we thought, gee, that's a, it's a big undertaking for a church this size. But we smashed it because God is good. And he provided and he made a way for us to do that. And then the next season, I've got to tell you, it's even bigger. <laughs> but our God is incredible. And nothing is too hard for him. And in the natural, again, you think, how could we possibly achieve what I'm going to show you in February? But all things are possible for those who love Christ Jesus. And so we're on this journey together, and we're going to believe for breakthrough in Jesus' name. So it seems like forever since we've talked about uh, the Gospel of John and our journey going through there. We started that last year, and uh, we're going to continue our journey. We're up to John chapter 12, and uh, that's where we've landed for today. And I'll give you a little recap about what the Gospel of John is all about, because it's been a while since we've um, talked about it. Um, there's, there's four main themes throughout the Gospel, and the first one is existence, that Jesus' existence before he was born here on earth. Uh, it starts with that, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. So existence. And then the second thing was miracles. So we see the power of God at work, and we've talked about a lot of them leading up to John chapter 12. The power of God at work through his son Jesus, doing incredible, miraculous things to show who he was. Then there's teaching, Jesus' private uh, teaching with his disciples. And then it finishes, as all the Gospels do, the death and resurrection of Christ, because we know that Jesus died and rose again. Praise God. The foundation of our faith. And our journey is in... Uh, three distinct parts in the Gospel of John. And the first part we're coming to a close today, John chapter 12. This is the final uh, chapter that's part of his public ministry. And we're about to move on to the second part, which is his private ministry with his disciples and talking with them. And then we move on to part three, the death and resurrection of Christ. Wouldn't it be cool if we timed it that that happened around Easter time? I don't know. I haven't plotted it out, so we'll just... We're just winging it here. We'll see how we go. We might celebrate Easter a bit later. It doesn't matter. Uh, we'll just work our way through as the Spirit leads. So let's get started. John chapter 12. And uh, even though we don't like to think about death, because we don't like to... Does anyone sit around and think about death? I don't know. Do we do? It's a bit morbid, isn't it? It's a bit... Um, yeah. But wouldn't it be great if you knew when you were going to die? No. Do you think... No, but wouldn't it be convenient? You'd be organised. You'd, you'd, be, you'd be able to mend your relationships. You'd be able to plan your funeral. You'd be able to tell your loved ones, get ready. You'd be able to, instead of just suddenly you go one day, don't you reckon? So you're a hard crowd today. No one's agreeing with me. I might as well pack up and go home, back to my lounge. <coughs> That's all good. Uh, I, I personally think it would be good. Let me tell you why. Um, Anita's mum passed away very young. Um, in a car accident, but she was so cool, she had this little book, and everything to do with her funeral service, what she wanted to happen when she passed, was in this book. Can I just tell you, as children of a parent that passed away, how great that was? Because it took the pressure off us to make decisions on, well, she liked that song or this song, or she did, you know, and again, it might seem morbid to write ahead and think, but Vera did this, and I'm so thankful, because I saw Anita and her sister Emily, they were the two siblings, uh, were so relaxed, like they were obviously emotional and 
upset with how she went. But can you imagine on top of that then having to work out what the funeral was going to be, work out what she wanted, how to split this and that and do this and that. It made it so simple. So I don't know, I just reckon there's some convenience in knowing when it's going to happen. You don't have to agree, it's all right. Uh, Here's the thing, we could... We could also schedule in, if we knew when we were going to die, fun things that we want to do. You know, your bucket list. I don't know, who's got a bucket list? Things you want to do before you die? Two, two or three, yeah, that's good. Uh, <laughs> this is going great today. I'm so, <laughs> so excited to be back preaching to you. But, but you could schedule in all the fun things. Like, I don't know what you want to do. Like, maybe you want to learn how to hand glide. Maybe you want to go in a hot air balloon. Maybe you want to go on a roller coaster. Maybe you want to, I don't know, all these extreme things that we say, oh, I'll do it one day. Uh, but don't say one day, that day will never come. Uh, But anyway, you you could schedule all those things in and get them done. You know, but only one person has ever known when they're going to die, and his name is Jesus. And as the time drew near to that death that was coming, he returned to Jerusalem, and Mary, Lazarus' sister, anointed him for burial before he was welcomed back in a Palm Sunday parade. You know, all the palms would have been beautiful. Once more, he taught, Jesus taught about the necessity of believing in him and explaining why many of the Jewish people didn't believe in him. So let's get into it. John chapter 12. The scriptures are going to be on the screen for you today. Uh, 12 verses 1 and 2 is where we're starting. So it says this. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. So it's kind of like Thanksgiving dinner in April. Uh, Thanksgiving is even floating over here. All those American things are coming over here, aren't they? Halloween and Black Friday sales and all this. Ah, it's all propaganda, You whatever. But this is a meal at a different time to say thank you to Jesus. And uh, Jesus is kind of almost ignoring the death plot against him because he just if he were, if he went around all morbid about knowing his death is coming he wouldn't have had the impact that he had so he knew it was coming and he was good with that he was at peace with that and he he continued on in his ministry jesus and, and his disciples ended their retreat they headed back to bethany where jesus raised lazarus from the dead and we touched on that towards the end of last year to show their grat- gratitude for the miracle um, martha and her siblings throw a dinner for jesus it's a big party uh, to honor him Now, the book of Matthew tells us that the party was in Simon the leper's home. Uh, And although Martha, she she, she did her usual job of of serving, because that's what she did. Uh, Let's keep going. Verse 3. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of um, old spice. Now, what's a good perfume? Uh, Beautiful by, who who does that? um, I'll I'll say, yeah, what's that one? Yeah, that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick with Old Spice. Who's seen the Old Spice ads? Look, look at me. You know, the old... You know what I'm talking about. I can see. <laughs> anyway, we won't go there. Old Spice, it's a nice smell. Anyway. She took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, okay? Old Spice sounds so much better. Anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. So, so Jesus is getting smelly feet. That's what's happening here. So what a weird act of love 
When you read it, like I know we've read it and we're familiar, that spirit of familiarity, but you think, gee, that's a bit, it's a bit different, isn't it? It's like taking like a, I don't know, a thousand dollar bottle of perfume today and just putting it on the feet. People would gasp. It's like a month's salary. What are you doing? But it was a weird act of love that Mary performed. And most of us would be extremely uncomfortable if we went to a dinner, you know, maybe our friend's sister comes along and suddenly pours perfume on our feet and then wipes it with her hair. That'd be just a bit strange, wouldn't it? Be a little bit weird. The perfume Mary used was made from spikenard and herb. It's a herb grown in the mountains of India and exported in alabaster bottles. Here's a bottle. That's the best picture I could find online. But it's an alabaster bottle. And it was so expensive that people bought it not to use, it was for an investment. Um, not, it's not to be used for every day to smell good. Uh, married women, this is important to know too. Married women kept their hair covered in mixed company. Since Mary used her hair to wipe off Jesus' feet, we can presume that she must have been single or widowed. So nevertheless, her action would have raised a lot of eyebrows. Again, the hair, wiping off the perfume, off someone's stinky feet. Uh, It would have been people sort of looking down their nose, you know. What's going on with that? But not with Jesus. He wasn't like that. He saw her heart of devotion He understood what she was doing. And by kneeling at Jesus' feet, Mary also showed her humility. She was humble. It took an act of humility to do what she did. This story really is about the cross. About Mary's courageous understanding and acceptance of Jesus' death. It's a profound signal to us as the readers of the gospel, as we read it, that Jesus is really going to die. This is happening. See, we know the end of the story, and so when we read it, we're not surprised. But when, imagine you were reading this gospel from start to finish, and you didn't know the story or the background. You wouldn't know yet. It's like, it's like a spoiler. No one likes spoilers. What's going to happen? You, are you the kind of person that likes spoilers? My wife, she's not in here, so I can, have, I can go, go for it today. Uh, she will read a book, but she'll flick to the back few pages <laughs> to have a little, just a little sneak peek, a little bit of a... Oh, that's what, okay, now, and then she'll go back. That's what she does. I've dobbed her in. So you can, <laughs> around coffee time, just say, I can't believe you do that, Anita. Spoils the story. Anyway, it's a profound signal to us that Jesus is really going to die. It, this is coming. This is happening. And it's also a statement that no gift can be too precious that shows gratitude for what Jesus is about to do. Even the costly uh, dollars of that perfume's value It pales in comparison to what Jesus is about to do for us. All right, verses 4 to 6 says this. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the money box And he used to take what was put in it. Scoundrel. Scandalous. But you remember, this is written after Jesus has passed. So it's like written in hindsight. The author knows what Judas does further down the track. And he also dobs him in as a little thief. So he's following the money. That's what he's all about. See, 
Jesus and the disciples, as they travelled, they didn't work regular jobs. They had to have some means of buying food and paying for lodging between uh, invitations to dinner and overnight stays. So they were supported at least in part by several wealthy women. And Judas was the treasurer of the group. Uh, Interesting that he had that job and he was a thief. So he was stealing from the money bag. He was taking the petty cash. It was like a dollar for the box, two dollars for my pocket. So Judas's heart was clearly on the money. He couldn't see Mary's love for Jesus in the act that she did because his eyes were blinded by dollar signs. All he could see was, that could get sold and put in the money tin and I could take two-thirds of it. You know, he was only concerned about the fact that she'd wasted a whole year's salary, of all things, on foot perfume. <laughs> so if she'd given the money to Jesus to help the poor, obviously Judas would have got his cut, and that's what he was thinking about. Let, let's apply this. How can we apply this to our life, what I'm saying right now? Mary was extravagant with her love, not stingy. She's not stingy. And we're not stingy here at Vineyard either. We're extravagant in whatever we do. We're not all millionaires, but we all do what we can. And I'm not just talking about money either. You know, we're there to help each other. When people are isolated because they've got to be at home, we we call them and see how they're doing. We we ring and ask what's going on in your world. Uh, we, we, We care about people. We do what we can and provide what we can. What have we got in our hand, God asks us? What's in our hand? And how can we use that to be a blessing and glorify him in serving others? So Mary was extravagant and not stingy. She gave Jesus the best that she had, although others at the party thought it was a waste of money and probably an embarrassment in the way she gave it as well, foot perfume, hair, all of that. Our best may not be worth a year's salary, but that's not what it's about. It may be a couple of hours a week maybe teaching some kids the Bible. It might be being a faithful, honest, hard-working employee. Uh, It might be running errands for someone who's isolated at home. Uh, Fixing a car for a widow or a pastor who doesn't know what he's doing with a car. Uh, Helping a single mum. Whatever it is. Uh, Any of these dozens of acts of love and service is extravagant love on display. So how do we apply it? Ask yourself this question. How can you... Give Jesus your best this week. What does that look like for you? Because I can guarantee for every single person in this room, it's something different. But what can you do? Ask yourself that question and answer it and do something this week. Love in action. Whatever it is, whatever God drops into your spirit, what have you got in your hand, God says? And how can you use that to be a blessing this week? Okay, verses 7 to 8. But Jesus said, let her alone... She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. So, in other words, the time is now. The time is now. That was the right timing for her to do what she did because Jesus wasn't going to be around forever. Mary understood that Jesus would die and that's why she anointed him with the perfume. It was an act of preparing a body for burial. Jesus knew Judas's heart. There's nothing he didn't know. But those around him did not. The only reason it's mentioned is, like I said, it's in hindsight that this gospel account was written. So in case those people in the group might misunderstand and think Judas was sincere about wanting to help the poor, 
oh, but what about the poor? Jesus' words would remind them of this sad truth that Judas is going to turn in the future. Even after Jesus was gone, there would still be plenty of poor people that Judas could help. (laughs) But Jesus was the one who would soon be leaving this earth. So that's why he said it is right that she performs this act of service by pouring the oil onto the feet of Jesus at this time, because the time is now. How did Mary understand these things when the others, and particularly the disciples, failed? It's a really good question to ask. The answer is by being often in the place that we find her. In this story, we find her at the feet of Jesus, anointing him, wiping his feet with her hair. You know, that's where we find her, at that place of submission. I think that's why she had a deeper understanding of what was going on, because she was in that humble position of service. She was very close to the heartbeat of Christ, and she knew what was going on. May we find ourselves at the feet of Jesus. When we face things that are challenging, when we're in disarray or we're worried or concerned, can the feet of Jesus be the first place that we find ourselves going to just get close to him, to fix our eyes on him and allow him to minister to us in that time? You know, Jesus cares more about our hearts than our wallets. It's not about how much you put in. It's not about how much you give whether it be to the church or other ministries or even just to people. It's not about that. It's about the heart. You know, we can't buy off God by giving money to poor people or good causes. We're not buying our salvation. We're not buying favour from him. That's not how it works. You know, he doesn't even care if we have no money to give. What he cares about is our love and devotion. Where is our heart? Because where your heart is, that's where... Your treasure goes. All right. Verse 9 to 11. Let's keep going. Now, a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. So Lazarus was a danger man, because he was evidence of what Jesus can do. So Jesus wasn't the only attraction in town as a result. Large numbers of people came to see Lazarus. Any man who was raised from the dead would have become an immediate celebrity. Can you imagine today if someone was raised from the dead and it was you, you couldn't deny it, you couldn't refute it, that's exactly what happened? Imagine the instant celebrity status. You want to be on every talk show, Oprah would want to give away cars to people in the audience as they celebrate his, whatever it is. It would happen. You get a car and you get a car. Anyway, he'd become an instant celebrity. You know, with Lazarus running around as proof of who Jesus was and causing many people to believe in Jesus, the chief priests, the religious people of the day, decided that they had to get rid of the evidence. And so they decided to kill Lazarus as well. He was on their hit list too. They didn't just want to take out Jesus. They wanted to take out Lazarus as well. Here's the thing. Lazarus attracted people because he was walking evidence of Jesus' power at work in a person's life. 
you know, the actions and words of those who believe in Jesus can either attract others or drive them away. Which one are you? You don't have to answer that question. It's a rhetorical question. James? <laughs> James loves answering my rhetorical questions at youth. That's all good. Are you someone that attracts people because of the message of Christ in you or, or do you um, drive them away? Let me tell you the difference. When, to attract people, in your message of God's goodness, you're glorifying him. It's all about him. It's what he's done through you. But driving people away is when you're big, maybe you're big note yourself, maybe you're a big wig. There's no one in this church, there's the other people not here today. Um, but you drive people away because you just, you've got a big head, I don't know, maybe you're just, and then I got this, and then I did this, and me, 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 and it's pointing people to you rather than to him. May we be people that are walking testimonies of God's goodness, but in being that, we glorify Jesus. We don't big note ourselves. I'm no special or any different to the next person. It's just that I love God. He loves me and this is what he's done for me. Have a think about that. My prayer is that our church is filled with people that attract people because of the message of Christ in you. All right. There's a contract on Lazarus. We just talked about that. Verses 12 to 13. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast when they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him. And they cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Wouldn't it be awesome to be part of a palm branch parade? Who loves palm trees? My wife likes it's her favorite kind of tree. The big, you know, the big expansive leaves and you just, you know, I sit in my chair and my wife just, no, she doesn't do that, it doesn't happen. But, you know, you, you wave them around and I just think that would be such a spectacle with Jesus coming into town and the streets lined with people with palm trees. It's just, it would just be beautiful. So, uh, Passover, that season, brought great crowds of people to Jerusalem. They was packed. Many of whom had seen Jesus perform miracles or at least had heard about his ministry and what he'd done. So, uh, the word of raising Lazarus spread like wildfire, real quick. Uh, everyone wanted to see the man who'd done these incredible and unbelievable things. And they lined the roads into Jerusalem and waved palm branches and they quoted Psalm 118, verse 25, 26. Hosanna, we said it before. Uh, palm branches were used for several occasions uh, to celebrate military victories, to welcome out-of-towners um, for the Passover celebration and it's also part of the observance of the, um, the Feast of Tabernacles. So, <clears throat> during the Passover dinner, Jewish people would sing. Who's been part of a Passover dinner? I got to be, we had some Jewish Christians in our last church, and we got to sit through the proper, how they do it. It's just, it's incredible what they do. It's really touching. Um, but they sing Psalms 113 through to 118. It's all part of what they do. The first two, they sing before eating, and then the other four, they do after the meal. And... They are called the Hallel. You might have heard that word used before. Hallel means praise. And uh, most of these psalms begin or end with the sentence, praise the Lord. So, Hosanna is Hebrew for save now. 
save now. They thought Jesus was the king who would deliver them from Roman rule, but unfortunately they had the wrong idea about who their Messiah king would be. Remember, they were expecting some military dominant leader that was going to come on this big horse with lots of weapons and smash everyone. Uh, But that's not who Jesus was. So, verses 14 to 15, let's keep going. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, and this was what was prophesied, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. So Jesus is making his grand entrance. Again, not what people were expecting, incredible war horse. And, well, he's on a donkey. And uh, donkeys. I've gone there on donkeys before, but I won't today, um, Carol, because you love your donkeys, I know. I know. But man, donkeys are stupid. Sorry, I said it. They are. They just they want to go every way other than the way you want them to go. You know, they have this incredibly strange sounds that they make. Who's seen the screaming donkeys online? There is such a thing as screaming donkeys. And I think I've shown them at youth, haven't I? At one point. Screaming donkeys. They do this. It's weird. Anyway, donkeys. We love donkeys, Carol. We really do. Anyway, Jesus makes his grand entrance on a donkey. The crowd treated Jesus as a military hero because that's what they're expecting but those great men rode on horses or on chariots or big whatever in in contrast jesus rides in on the donkey to fulfill the old testament prophecy israel's king would come on a donkey as a servant so the the way john states jesus found a young donkey suggests that after seeing the crowd and hearing the shouts of the people jesus deliberately chose to ride as he did Jesus knew that most of the people were thinking of him as an earthly leader rather than a heavenly king. Because again, God knows everything. But he probably enjoyed this moment of triumph, coming in on a donkey, fulfilling prophecy and coming in the way he did. Alright, verse 16 says, His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. So, um, no comprendo, (laughs) no understanding. Uh, The significance of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem was lost on his disciples. They they didn't get it at first. It wasn't until after his resurrection that then they understood he was fulfilling prophecy in the way he entered the city. Hindsight's a beautiful thing, yes? When you can look back on a situation and go, you know what, if I had done this, that and this, that outcome would have been very different. But we, we can't walk in predicting what's going to We've just got to be and then in hindsight learn. That's how we have to live. Uh, John was honest when he wrote his gospel. I think he didn't read a beat around the bush with the way he wrote it. He often admitted that the true meaning of events were beyond him and his friends. He wasn't ashamed to say, you know what, I just did not get that. At the time, uh, John and the other disciples understood things much more clearly in hindsight. Looking back, ah, oh, the aha moment after Jesus had died and resurrected. All right, let's keep going. Verses 17 to 19 of John chapter 12. Therefore, the people who were with him, when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him, because they heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone 
after him. So the curious crowds are closing in. They don't necessarily all believe in Jesus yet, but they're curious. They want to find out. They want to suss this guy out. What's going on here? You know, as the news is spread about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, the curious crowds close in around Jesus as he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. This situation disturbed the religious leaders, the Pharisees. They, they were very nervous. You know, how were they going to grab Jesus and get rid of him? Because they decided in their mind that's what they want to do. How were they going to do that when all these crowds are around him? It's so awesome. It's like maybe God orchestrated it this way. It wasn't his time yet. So all these people are around him and they adore Jesus. They don't necessarily believe in him yet, but they love him because he's just doing good stuff. And so he's got all these crowds around him. You know, may it look like the whole Jewish world was following him, which wasn't the case because they didn't all believe in him. They were just curious. But that's all that was needed to protect him in that time. All these people around him. Can you imagine if they came and grabbed him in the midst of all those people, what would happen? Bit of a mutiny? Bit of a battle? Bit of a fight? Would have been pretty cool, but no. This wasn't the plan of God for that time. So these people were just curiosity seekers swept along by the excitement of the day and wanting to find out what's going on. All right, verses 20 to 22. Now, there were certain Greeks among those who came to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida, I'll get it out, of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Can I make an appointment, please? Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. So are there any more appointments available to see Jesus? He was popular. Everyone wanted to talk to him because, remember, they're all curious and they're all wanting answers. The, the Greeks were possibly God-fearers, people who attended Jewish worship services and celebrations but perhaps had not yet converted to Judaism. Or, or they may have just been tourists. We don't really know. You know, the Jerusalem temple was one of the wonders of the ancient world. And many pagans came to see it, to see what was going on. One thing is certain, though. They were brave. These guys were brave. Either they didn't know the Pharisees were after Jesus, because they were from far out of town and had no idea of what was going on, or, or, or maybe they just didn't care. <laughs> we want to see this guy. Can we make an appointment, please? They just wanted to talk with Jesus. They just wanted to have a conversation. So they looked up Philip, who relayed the request to Andrew, who went to Philip to see if Jesus was taking appointments. Talk about middle management. Had to get through a few layers to get to the, the man at the top. All right, verse 23 to 26 says this. Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone, but it dies. It produces much grain. He who, loves, uh, he who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honour. In other words, we're dying to live. Let's ponder this as I come to a close in just a moment. All through this gospel, John wrote that Jesus didn't do something because his time had not yet come. We've covered off that a few times where the Bible clearly says his time had not yet come. It wasn't the season for this to happen. So finally the time had come for Jesus' death when he would be honoured 
as the Son of Man. So the time is now coming. To illustrate his death, he talked about wheat, which his listeners were familiar with, because it's like he's talking to farmers or a remote community that grows wheat, so they know what he's talking about. In order to have a wheat harvest, the kernels have to be planted or die. Then they grow and multiply into a harvest of seed-producing grain. So too, Jesus calls his followers to give up their own priorities, their own desires, and their self-interests, to die to self or hate their lives, in other words. Then they will gain eternal life. Loving ourselves, focusing on our physical lives and ignoring Jesus results in spiritual death. But true disciples who follow Jesus, even if it means physical death uh, and gain for God's approval, that's what they choose to do because they're followers of him. They decide to follow Jesus. Now, to come to a close, I want to sing a song and you're going to help me out. So more than two people are going to help me out because we've had a couple of people help me out at every dinner and two people. All of you have to help. Put your hand on your heart. I will now help Pastor Jeremy preach this message by singing this song. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm going to ask our team. We, we've really not practiced this. So we're just going to... Who's heard of Steve Apparana? Okay, good. See, so I'm not crazy. None of my music team had heard of him. Um, but he, he sings this song called No Turning Back. Uh, and it's a take on, you'll know this song. I have decided to follow Jesus. There's the two people. To follow Jesus. Okay. So, it's a take on that. Now, those of you that know Steve Avarana know that he's this beautiful, big, Maori, hair everywhere, dark-skinned kind of guy. And um, I'm going to pretend to sound like him when I sing this song. So pray for me now. And, uh, but let me, uh, let me help you out with what you need to do. Okay, this is your part. So it's, it's a bit bluesy. Do you like 12-bar blues? I can't really play. I'm going to pretend that I know how to play blues. So it goes like this. We're not going to sing it all yet. We're just going to help these guys. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. My friends will say I'm going the wrong way. But I say that's all right. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay. So that's your bit. You do the echo part. Can you manage that? Can you help me? Big voices. If you're online at home, <laughs> scream at your screens as we're singing it because this is going to be fun. All right, we'll go from the start. Okay, let me try and do a bit of a... I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back no turning back no turning back my friends will say I'm going the wrong way but I say that's alright that's alright 
That's okay. That's okay. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. My friends will say. I'm going the wrong way, but I say that's all right. That's, all right. that's okay. That's okay. Now, there's meant to be a guitar solo here, but I can't <laughs> do that. So um, maybe it's a drum solo. But there's more. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. I forgot. Though none go with me, still I will follow him. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. My friends will say. I'm going the wrong way, but I say that's all right. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Turning back, come on, that least steam. <laughs> My friends all say I'm going the wrong way. My friends all say I'm going the wrong way. I say, My friends all say I'm going the wrong way. That's okay, <laughs> but that's all right. That's okay. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay. I say that's all right. You gotta do it like that. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I say that's all right. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> we'll just wait and see. <laughs> first time I sung blues in church, so forgive me. But I trust in this place today that we've made a decision to follow Jesus. But we're going to take a moment, if you bow your heads, and if you're tuned in at home, stay tuned in. If you haven't surrendered your life to him, at Vineyard Christian Church, we love to give opportunities for people to say yes to Jesus. And it's not overly complicated. The Bible tells us that if we believe in our heart, that God raised him, Jesus from the dead. If we confess with our mouth that he is our Lord, we're saved. And so in this moment, if you want to surrender your life to Jesus, would you just show me your hand and we're going to pray together. I just want to know who I'm praying for today. If you're at home and online, I can't see your hand, but you've got the opportunity to click on raise hand and, and connect with us that way. Or just do it in this moment. God sees your heart. 
And so if you're in this place and you want to surrender to Jesus, would you just do that in this moment and lift up your hand and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to be my Lord. And I thank you that you're here for me. Fantastic. So let's say this prayer together because it's good for us all to confess our faith in him and, and, and address our salvation. The Bible encourages us to do that daily. So would you pray this after me, church? Say, dear Jesus, I thank you that you came and that you died and that you rose again and that you did it all for me. I believe in my heart that that all happened. And I now confess with my mouth that you are my Lord. Thank you for dying for me. I choose to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. God is good and he's good all the time and he's faithful and we love him. We're going to finish with another video. Have a look at this. He is risen. Three small words that brought the collective pace of humanity to an absolute standstill. He is risen, three words that shattered prisons, words that shook the earth's foundations, words that transformed a sense of utter despair into cries of pure joy and ecstasy, echoes of history's greatest triumph that still shape our reality. Even today, we're assaulted by constant distraction, countless sources waging war for our attention, yet three words pierce the noise. In our hunger for validation, our desperate pleas for love and attention, three words calm our anxieties. In a universe spinning at breakneck speed, its inhabitants locked in an existential crisis, three words proclaim the purpose of our existence. He is risen. Lay hold of this truth and embrace the peace within. Yesterday, fear reigned in our hearts. Yesterday, we sat in crippling darkness. Yesterday, we suffered abuse and all the accusations of a broken world. But today, our king, our healer, our defender is risen. And this reality doesn't merely accompany us on a meaningless journey. This changes everything. For you see, if he is risen, then all other pursuits become secondary. All of our failures become insignificant. All criticisms and condemnations become irrelevant. There is only his word, his mission, and his infinite, unconditional love for you. Because he is risen, we look to tomorrow. Tomorrow we will stop defining our worth through status and social media. Tomorrow we will together build an everlasting kingdom. Tomorrow and every day after, we will dance in the radiance of a redeeming savior who crushed death and set us free. There is nothing that Jesus cannot overcome. We know this because he lives. We know this because he 
is risen. Amen. Everything that we're believing for this year is going to be possible because we know he is risen. He lives. He's made a way where there appears to be no way. And so I want to finish this morning's service. If you would stand with me and uh, Jeremy, come and play. That's making coffees. I just want to pray God's blessing over you in a way that together we want to believe for breakthrough. So I don't know where you're at. I, I, I don't know what's going on in your world, what 2022 has served up already. But what I do know is this, He is risen. And it doesn't matter what you face, what challenge comes your way, there is a way through the wilderness and it's through following the light of Christ in those dark places and those dark seasons. And there are people in the room, even some of our visitors today that we've had the pleasure of getting to know already, that have experienced amazing things since they've been in Stanthorpe. My prayer for you is that each day, each week, something fresh would just happen in your world to remind you that there's a God that loves you and that it would lead you to that place of standing on victory in Christ, which leads us to breakthrough, getting through that negativity, through that noise, through that darkness that the world currently offers. In Christ, there is light and in Him, there is breakthrough. So would you just in this moment, close your eyes. Let's not get distracted. Maybe put your hands out in front of you, like in that receiving position. And I want to pray for God to just impart something significant today that encourages you in your 2022. That reminds you that He is for you and not against you and that He's with you, leading you to that place of breakthrough. So Father God, we thank you for your church. We thank you for a new year. Lord, despite the doom and gloom and, and the, the disappointments of, of yesteryear and the predictions for what's ahead, Lord, right now in this moment, we choose to quiet our soul and fix our eyes on you. Father, we just pray that you would have your way in our lives in such an extraordinary way. We thank you in advance for provision, Lord, for breakthrough. Lord, for answers to prayer, things that we've been believing for for years, Lord, that this would be the year that those things come to pass. In Jesus' name, we declare breakthrough to every situation, every circumstance, every family. Lord, to this community, many who don't know you, Lord, may this be the year that they say yes to Jesus. May this be the year that their life turns around. Lord, when things begin to change, because of your victory over death, that you conquered sin and death. You are risen and we declare your goodness over our lives, your blessing over our lives, your anointing over our lives. In 2022, may this be a year of breakthrough for every person under the sound of my voice online, watching this later when it's posted in the room today. Father God, we thank you for your blessing and we ask that it go with us, that you lead us and guide us, go before us, behind us, around about us as we go into this year. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Now let's praise him and thank you. Father God, we thank you. We praise you. You're worthy. Hallelujah. There's one more thing I
I'd like to pray for before we close, and I'm reminded of um, the devastation in um, Tonga. And we haven't addressed that today, but we're going to pray into that space. There's, it's this chaos over there right now. And a lot of our seasonal workers, they're still on holidays or away, but we've got some from Mapa who's not here today, but he's from Tonga. And so we're just going to pray for safety, protection, provision, and that the Holy Spirit would bring peace in the midst of their storm. What we're going to do as a church, I'd like to take up um, a love gift. Our Australian Christian churches that we're a part of is, uh, has an international disaster relief fund that I want to inject this giving into. So across this week, if you give online and you want to do a bit extra for that, make sure you just put a little label, uh, just say Tonga. We'll know it's for the, for, the, for the love gift for them. And then next Sunday in person, if you want to put in the box, we'll do that next Sunday. And whatever comes in, whether it's a hundred or thousands, it doesn't matter. We'll send that off uh, to be part of that relief for Tonga. So Father God, we just pray for that, that, that island, that, that people, Lord, that are just so distressed right now. Uh, after earthquake and tsunami and, and loss of internet and power and all these things that cause chaos. We just pray your peace in the midst of the storm. Father God, that you would provide for each and every person. Lord, that you would get around about those that have lost loved ones. Lord, and comfort them as they mourn. Lord, that you would bring light into a dark situation. We pray for provision, for health, for safety. All of these things, Father God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, minister to that nation. Minister to those people. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Let's be generous across the week and next Sunday so we can we can do that. That would be fantastic. Be blessed. Our coffee machine is back up and happening. Uh, so grab your coffees, have fellowship in the foyer, and have a blessed week. Bless you all.